Hello and welcome to Coin Talk Reunion. It's a very special episode, some very special topics. The people have been asking for it, and uh, we are about to give it to you. Uh, but first, the music. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Wednesday, January 27th, 2021, at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $30,946. Jake Hang on the line with the pro setup. You guys can't see Jay, but he's got the gaming headset and the uh, uh, drive time sports radio mic going at the same time. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to look like a uh, like a like the new wave of of stock market genius here, wearing a gaming headset that I used to play first person sh- shooters and talk to 15 year olds who call me various racial and homophobic slurs. Are you gaming during this podcast episode right now? No, no, okay. I can sit. You know, there. I will. I will say that there have been. T- I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls recently. And um, there are 40 other people on this call and I could turn my camera off. I'm not saying that I wouldn't go play a video game. (laughs) Civilization uh, sometimes happens. So uh, huge, huge news in the world of degenerate Internet gambling today. Uh, You're not gaming, but you are you are doing a form of gaming, which is uh, following gaming like uh, legacy markets. Uh, when did the actual short happen this morning? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's very hard to figure out what's actually happening and everything seems to be messed up right now. I'm trying to refresh Reddit because apparently Reddit is down now and that, and all the people are saying, oh, did they hire some sort of like, you know, dark market firm to DDoS Reddit so that (laughs) people can't communicate anymore, but it really does seem like Reddit is down right now, which is crazy. You know, like the, uh, the amount of money that is involved in this and the destruction. Oh, it just refreshed. Um, the amount of destruction that's been going on because this whole GameStop thing, I don't know. It's, it's the most entertaining story I think that we've had in a long time. And also maybe the one um, you know, maybe the one story that we can all kind of enjoy together until it completely destroys everyone's 401ks and like the entire market crashes because of this. But until then, let's enjoy it. So I feel like I like to um, claim that we've predicted the future in previous episodes without actually going back to check. But I feel like in the, the first year of Coin Talk, it was kind of a hybrid show about the nascent altcoin markets, Bitcoin and Ethereum markets, and this kind of new generation of Robinhood and its ilk investing apps and how these were kind of like drawing parallel demand for uh, degen behavior uh, of people who spend a lot of time on the internet. And I think Mm -hmm. this GameStop thing is kind of those stories converging. I mean, there's not really a Bitcoin angle in the story, but I do think it's emblematic of what we're going to see as uh, decentralized finance markets eat uh, legacy markets, which is like a lot of fucking weird shitposter behavior costing people billions of dollars. Yeah. And a fair amount of people who sort of think that there's something impermeable about Wall Street or that it doesn't operate 
like a silly shitcoin market. Wall Street, the shitcoiners have have arrived at Wall Street. I guess is uh, what I would would say about it. Yeah, it seems like something new has happened. It feels like a almost historic event, even though that seems to be maybe that's a bit of a stretch because obviously there have been short squeezes and stuff before, but none of it has ever been like memed in this sort of way or discussed in this way. And none of it has been around a company that has no business having any sort of economic future at all, you know? And so I think that part of the appeal of the story is just that, like, that a lot of people, myself included, are attached to it or at least following it all because it seems to reflect some truth that we want to believe about, like, the stock market, you know? That, like, that it's so dumb that these, and that the way to prove that it's dumb is that these dudes on reddit can you know create billions of dollars of wealth right and and destroy billions of dollars of wealth through a company that they only know about because they're mostly gamers you know but also a company that they think is ridiculous you know like it's a, they're doing it as a troll being like well did you see that like blockbuster stock went up 700 percent this morning oh my god so okay, <laughs> yeah, I have yeah a few it's questions. like a penny stock now and so it's just like everybody is just coming up with the funniest stock that they can figure out the most useless stock to almost prove that all this is just so stupid. You know, it's all just market manipulation and 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 finance people just doing whatever they want. I mean, that's the real story here, right? Like if we take this, if we if we flip our orientation and look at this from the Melvin Capital point of view, Jay, put your put yourself in the shoes of Melvin Capital here. Yes. <laughs> Gotta be a tough few days. <laughs> You're basically going around saying we're going to make billions of dollars on putting the last few nails in the GameStop coffin. And then someone else is like, I would burn even more money to spite you, which would be profitable to me. This has a lot of like echoes of um, 51% attacks on networks and Various things that happened early in our coining game, like the whole um, contentious Bitcoin forks, where it was like, I'm going to switch to the other network and I'm going to dump all the coins on you and your coin will go to zero, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And this is that just like at a larger scale. And it's like the fake Internet market sort of starting to like the fire starting to sort of burn into the actual stock market, I assume that a lot of the people who participated in buying GameStop were people whose like uh, earliest investing experiences were either something in cryptocurrency or something in an app like Robinhood. This is not like um, desktop fidelity buyers buying it. This is people well, like know, fucking around like, on their phones. Like, I, I, I think that the amount of money that's come in I the part that I don't understand is how these dudes have so much money, you know, where like they can't just be overwhelmed. How, so some, I do think that someone's buying some all these video people games. who are putting in large amounts of money, um, just to screw up, you know, like the hedge funds that are trying to that were trying to short this, right? I think that that is, I think that's true. Um, but you know, it reminded me, we talked about this on the show. It reminded me of that Herbalife thing, you know, where, yeah, where the Bill Ackman, Ackman like yeah. did a huge short on Herbalife and then Carl Icahn came in and was like, fuck you. I never liked you anyway, you know, yeah. and then fucks up his short. 
Except now, like the people who are acting as Carl Icahn are like, you know, a subreddit, you know, that 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 seems new and exciting to me. Right. And chaotic. And but also kind of I don't know. I It's the same conversation that we have about crypto all the time or Bitcoin. Like, Do you think this is good for America <laughs> that this is happening? I find it chaotic neutral. Um, okay. But I'm like, I think I'm pro chaotic neutral in America. Like, I'll say this. Um, if you have any sympathy for Melvin Capital in this situation, you have no idea what's going on. Like, these people are terrible sharks. They would absolutely do the same thing as uh, these Redditors would do. And I think that there's like a sort of third uh, party in this whole thing. And this is maybe like the same people who made all the money in cryptocurrencies, which is a person who's like, ideologically, I don't care about stopping GameStop. And I also don't give a shit about Melvin Capital, but I believe that these Redditors can pull this off at a, I have an edge because I know they can do it. Whereas other people think they're going to fail. These are the same people who longed Tesla and um, busted the Tesla shorts. These are the people who know that Elon Musk's Twitter account or the power of Wall Street's bets is bigger than whatever the counter power is. And yeah. the people who've made that bet over and over again have made a lot of money. Like the, the GameStop thing isn't just a troll. If you put a lot of money in, you just made a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. I have people I know right now who are swimming in it. I unfortunately tried to short it. it just got <laughs> melted. <laughs> Why are you? Well, I have a question for you. And this yeah. is a philosophical question because it kind of explains our Bitcoin divide too. Like, you will FOMO into everything, but usually when there's like a make or break bet that's kind of like the incumbent or the <laughs> stupid, dumb brain bet on human behavior, you kind of predict that the human behavior will be the dumb brain, but you usually like, I feel like short it kind of on principle. Tell me about that bet. Tell me about uh, betting against the Redditors there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, how did they have more money? You know, how, okay. how much higher can they pump this thing? So you thought Melvin Capital had, was going to outbid them, basically. Yeah. But I also thought like, you know, they're probably I was like, I just imagined some dude with like 800 bucks, you know? Yeah. And he put it all in on GameStop and he's like trying to wrangle up money from his mom and shit to like put more money into GameStop. And I just think at some point, the mom's going to be like, no, I'm not going to give you more money to put it in the GameStop. And that's where I think like maybe there's some other people around just because. And I was wrong. I mean, it, you know, I think I shorted it at like $90 and it's like $350 or something like whenever that. So you just come, instantly melted. Whenever you come into the telegram with a bet like that, I have to double check. I'm like, surely he took the other side of that bet, right? Yeah, yeah. No? no, you should always no. take the other side. Um, um, here's why I think you got wrecked. And here's why I think that hypothesis was true, but is no longer true, either about Wall Street bets or crypto or any of these nascent like human botnet markets. These guys have been doing it for several years. It's just like the like coin traders. It's like they were in something very lucrative from the Internet a while ago and have been doubling up and 50 up and 100 X upping for a period of years. Some of those stacks have to be enormous right now. Like, I mean, you understand, you know this from poker. I guess a lot of people who seem like they have a lot of money eventually go bust. 
But if you haven't gone bust this far and you're doing like leveraged, like DGEN stock market trading or coin trading, you potentially could have billions of dollars by now. Yeah, but I think a lot of these people are going to go bust. And that's where I do think, you know, I, I do not want to be a wet blanket about this stuff, nor do nor do I think that I care at all about Melvin Kappa. I hope <laughs> they all go broke, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that the joy of this is that, like, you end up saying that that we're right and you're wrong, right? Like, that's basically the the thrill of it. And yes. everybody wants to be on the side of the of anti-hedge fund. Yeah. And so I have no problem with that. The only question I have is just that, like, I understand also, like, what happens when people make a short amount of money in a small period of time or a lot of money in a short period of time and what they're going to keep doing and how their behavior will keep feeding on itself. And I imagine a lot of the people who made a lot of money in this are going to go broke eventually. Right. And I think that 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 two things I just think were the first is like and this is probably the most conservative thing I'll ever say on the show, which is that I don't think it's particularly good to have a nation of day traders, you know, like, I don't think that's a good thing. And I don't, and I don't think that this means that there's a nation of day traders, but I do think a lot of people probably downloaded the Robin Hood app and did something with it, you know, and we're introduced to the world of options trading. Um, I don't think that's necessarily good or stable. And the second thing is like, you know, like this is all just, it's like making money out of something that's so fundamentally stupid and like i find that to be interesting and fun but i don't think it's particularly good for the country um long term those uh, are my two takes now well, fuck melvin capital fuck the hedge funds you know but like maybe uh like, i'm starting I don't, to I don't see, see the many perspective. happy stories coming out of the long term of this so outside of the is it good for america i think part of what you're saying is that you were actually kind of fading popular sentiment that this was going to work which is probably not a terrible bet because this is probably not the first time that Wall Street Bets has tried to do something like this. This is the first time it's succeeded. So probably you're correct that someone else has gotten wrecked trying to do the same thing. Yeah, just I did. not getting celebrated <laughs> on the internet. No, no, direct, trying to do the thing where you squeeze a short. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, Wall Street yeah. Bets could also try to squeeze a short and fail. It's only like rah 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 if you do it. I think yeah. they did it. It's awesome. Is it good for America? I want to take the it's chaotic neutral opinion, but say whenever someone says, don't do this, it's bad for America. Just let uh, Bill Ackman do it. Just let these Wall Street oh, yeah, funds do not. it. Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of like, uh, wait, why are you telling me not to do it? Because it's like a really good way to easily make money and you're enjoying making money easily that way. Like there's a huge amount of vibe from Wall Street right now, which is like, how dare you? And oh, for sure. Yeah. And there's regulations that are going to come that are going to be absolute bullshit. Right. Which are just going to be like, only we get to do this. Right. And I think all that is wrong. I'm just saying that while I totally morally support what's going on, and I think that all these regulations are going to be bullshit. And I think it's all this accredited investor stuff is garbage. You know? Yeah. A lot of people are going to go broke. A lot of 401ks are going to disappear. And, you know, that's not a good thing. I don't I don't necessarily think that the whole thing is like net negative. Like you're you're saying that billions of dollars were erased. What actually happened is billions of dollars were transferred from Melvin Capital to a bunch of people on Reddit. No, I know. But those all I'm saying is those billions of dollars will eventually make their way back to Melvin Capital. I think this is 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 this like a like like this is basically the like. Degen money always goes back to the house 
Yes, yes, okay. it always does. Everyone go. No one day trades. You, nobody, nobody <laughs> who starts day trading has like a happy ending to the story. You know, okay. it's very rare. Well, and we so, have to talk about this later in terms of my bags. But yeah, I want to say the ending of this story, or the ending up until when we started taping this story, was that a bunch of uh, fidelity type uh, responsible um, financial institutions have halted. Uh, trading in GameStop and I think AMC and maybe a couple other things. Yeah, AMC. So, <laughs> AMC another another, th- another thing that you were talking about buying. <laughs> you're saying that everyone's going to go broke doing the thing that you're doing. I know. <laughs> no, I agree. But I also, you know, like I, I also might go broke doing this right at this point. Okay. You know, I'm like sitting here right now watching Bed Bath and Beyond stock price, like while we tape the show because I needed to go over fifty dollars. So. I don't, I don't, I know that our audience, people have sort of different familiarities with uh, decentralized finance and the whole DeFi space and Ethereum. But to me, when a certain thing that you don't like starts happening and then you immediately shut down the market, that's like an advertisement for DeFi. The fact that the game is like, it's wide open. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're scoring on us. Stop this. Stop everything. How can they get away with this? And what does it say about like these markets that basically there's a centralized authority that's playing a referee um, on some of the like basically the largest exchanges and stopping people from losing too much money? They don't stop it when a hedge fund makes a bunch of money, but they stop it when a bunch of real estate. Uh, they stop it when a bunch of re- retail investors start making a bunch of money doing weird DJ and Robin Hood kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. No, I I think that that basically, I think the market will will try and close the door, right? And there'll be total hypocrites about all the open market stuff. I think everyone will call bullshit on it, and I think that those people, some of them, will try and find a new fix, right? Something yeah. that doesn't have this stuff. And I do think a lot of them will find their way to decentralized markets if the decentralized markets can like take advantage of this moment. But it's right there for them. Like I totally agree with that. I think this is probably like the most bullish individual day for Ethereum in history, I'm going to say. <laughs> so two things I heard today. Two things I heard. Today. Number one, if there's any I want to hear this. Yeah. If there's any more indication than Ethereum-based DeFi is going to eat all these legacy financial institutions, it's simply just flipping the switch when things start going away. There's no reason that these... Markets really should even be off at certain times of the day. Like people all around the world are participating in them. The most transparent, democratic way for these markets to operate is without people turning them on and off when it does or does not benefit them. So I think a lot. I know. I I mean, it's crazy. They're, you know, like people's like TD Ameritrade accounts are being halted. You know, there are trades that don't go through large parts of the financial market online are like down today. I mean, it's, you know, they're trying everything. And, you know, I don't think that it takes a conspiracy theory to see a lot of malice in that. And I think that even if it isn't out of malice, everyone's going to take it that way, because obviously that's the type of shit they do. Right. And so I do think that people will start thinking about other ways to do this. But at the same time, I don't know, you know, like the same argument always comes out about social media and stuff like that. Right. And in some ways, there's a familiarity and like the big platforms do have a lot of staying power. And so I think it's going to take a while. 
right? Like, I don't think that people will go off Robin Hood or go off Fidelity or go off, you know, go off E-Trade just because of this. There is a protocol that I saw in DeFi called Mirror Protocol that's basically trying to wrap stocks and they have to do them individually. But then like they announced like the next five that they were wrapping and one of them was Goldman Sachs. And I was like, well, that's a pretty aggressive act. <laughs> like um, you're basically just exposing like Go Goldman Sachs to a bunch of uh, DeFi trading. Anyway, I think that's something we can come back to at a uh, future uh, reunion show. But the second reason I think this is the most bullish day in Ethereum history is that Tim Sweeney, who is the head of Epic Games, was at some game conference today and was like, we are actively working to open up the Fortnite ecosystem. Anything you get in the game should be portable to you across the entire metaverse, all these linked experiences. And then he said, and I think blockchains are obviously the best way to do this. Hmm. This is the, another piece of the future that we've been talking about for years. We talked about that years ago. We should yeah. have just been, our bags should have just been everything we talked about because yeah. they're all up. our idea, our, our, our stoned ideas. Yeah. Well, even we were we were convinced that the Ethereum carnival would never happen because it was like didn't work at all. And we were also like, and who's going to come? More people would come for one of these giant video game platforms than the whole thing combined. That video yeah. game platform is clearly epic. You know, they're already selling games across a bunch of different platforms. People are putting millions and millions of dollars into skin and items. It just seems like that one damn breaking moment that like could be coming in terms of uh, Ethereum and game items could be coming. And that's sort of dovetailing with the other major movement that I think we've been pretty excited about uh, in the last few weeks in Ethereum, which is... Uh, non-fungible, non-fungible, fungible, 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 non-fungible tokens, NFTs, uh, <laughs> digitally unique items, rare items uh, stored on the Ethereum blockchain, art, collectibles, music, game items, basically anything you could think of. All of those threads seem to be converging on somewhere pretty good to me. What do you yep. think? Well, I don't know. I mean, like the I didn't know anything about these NFTs until you guys sent me, you know, some of the the stuff that's done. But it's interesting because it is a lot of the stuff that we talked about. You know, like it's like weird things that they're just selling uh, to people who are collectors. So, like one of the things I've been really interested in. Have you seen this NBA Top Shot thing? Yeah, you I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is the most successful project right now, I think, or it's the highest volume volume. Um, yeah, and the prices are crazy, you know? And so the idea is that you can buy highlights of from NBA games yeah. and own them. Yeah. Which makes no sense. It's like, remember when you're a kid and like they're like, well, well, like you could do star registry, you yeah. know, and you could like own a you can name a star. <laughs> this is even less like this is even like I think that within star registry, maybe they do actually give you the star name, but in this it's just like it's like totally nonsensical to me because it's like, well, within this one system, you own this, uh, you own this highlight. But at the same time, it's the same thing as trading cards, you know, like trading cards are also like, you know, nonsensical in a lot of ways. And I, I don't know, I find it interesting. I've been 
trying to figure unfortunately the jeremy lynn market is extremely uh saturated at this point because uh, i was gonna try and buy, buy yeah. some of the jeremy lynn. yeah i, I like to try and paw them off i, some, I like, bet other i bet like uh i bet like singapore whales came in heavy on the jeremy lynn market <laughs> yeah whatever it is i do not have enough money to corner so the jeremy lynn market at this a point. few thoughts here so i looked into this this whole what's it called top shots top shot yeah yeah top shot so this is the first officially licensed NBA NFT. Mm-hmm. So these highlight videos are basically player cards. This is as close you get as to NFT basketball cards. And yep. basketball cards are red fucking hot right now. People are investing in rookie cards like never before. You can get indirect exposure. You don't ever have to hold the cards. You can basically buy hedge funds of um, NBA rookies. And a lot of it is like speculation on who's going to pop, right? Like you can make a lot of money. If you can call the rookie of the year, you can do very, very well uh, on rookie cards. So people want to do that in crypto, obviously this is the closest that it can be. So what you see in, in terms of the prices is like Tyrese Halliburton is through the roof. People are, yeah, people are buying these because they think they will go up when the player goes up and rookies are the most valuable. There's a uh, LaMelo ball stuff is yeah. like through the roof. So it's the same market. It's the same DGen stuff. It's what, which of these are going to be more valuable or, and this is the thing I didn't understand until recently. Um, so let's take like the original few NFT projects. This isn't the first time we've talked about NFTs on the show. We did like seven episodes about CryptoKitties. Yeah. We did basically an entire episode about Mike Novogratz buying a CryptoKitty. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the first generation of NFTs. Then there was CryptoPunks was the next big hit. Now we're like way down the line to this NBA stuff. And so when you look at those really early projects, there are now funds um, that basically make hedge funds out of groupings of like all crypto punks males all prick crypto punks women all first generation crypto kitties all bred crypto kitties and they basically have have like a derivatives market for this stuff yeah because it's like the problem is it's hard to get out it's hard to get liquid if you own a bunch of them so it's actually better for a fund to own thousands of them and then have a token that represents fractional ownership and the and the the people who make those fractional token NFTs is NFTX. If you have been in our Telegram this week, that is the thing that me and Ledger were uh, wiling out on was buying NFTX tokens. NFTX <laughs> isn't a hedge fund of NFTs; it's the service that makes the funds. Now, I think if you if you reverse back to the NBA now. You could imagine how if you just bought like all of these and tokenized them, it would probably do pretty well because the whole market's going up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. Like, is that oh, man? I don't it, it just seems like uh, you're just buying another payment layer type of coin then at that point. Right. Like, why not just own the real thing? Is it just because it's too scarce? Um, I think if you're in it for the long haul, you might want to own the, the the thing if you just sort of want exposure that's like a different thing i mean i think this is all we're all like we're getting into like made up psychedelia here in terms of like what you want or don't want but i'm trying to buy one of these things or figure out how to buy a pack of these nba top shot things and the website is broken 
I I would guess it's probably on your end, but um, so <laughs> you're like, do not slander top shot. Yeah, I think so, it's on my end. So Jay, you say you would not buy one of these NBA top shots yet. Of the many, many, many people I've talked to about NFTs, and it's the most exciting I have. No, I, I might like, buy one. No, I'm no, I, about it. What I'm yeah. telling you is. Of all of these people who've talked about how they know so much about NFTs, a large percentage of them, I realized, have never actually tried it, have never actually bought anything. You are a real collector. You're not trying to just get any kind of exposure, (laughs) trying to put some art in that wallet. Tell us about the NFT that you bought. Okay, so I, (laughs) after a conversation with you and Ledger, I decided that I was just going to try it because you guys are talking about crypto art which has always actually been the most interesting thing about crypto for me, just this idea of ownership and what the applications are. And so I went on one of the, all. actually I went on most of the sites that have uh, this art. And I gotta say, you know, like the art is like, it's not, it's either like weird Minecraft jokes. It seems like there's a lot of that, right? And then there's like weird, there was like a trading card game that seemed like Magic the Gathering that was under this stuff. But I I did find a piece of art to buy. Okay, um, go, ahead, go ahead. And I'm trying to pull it up right now, but I can't find my MetaMask. <laughs> okay. So it might be God. I'm gonna pick up this, I'm gonna pick up this story where you left off. So yeah. a lot of people come to this space and then you see a bunch of 3D rotating objects and like video game items and like stills that show like moons and the Bitcoin logo and the Ethereum logo, and you're just like wow, I want to give this a try, but I can't even find one I'd like to buy. Hmm. You did find one you wanted to buy. And that was impressive to me. I'm going to describe my memory of what this looks like without looking like it. And then you can look it up. It's a butt in a bikini with the E-Honda from Street Fighter 2 doing the hand motion. Not even really chop. The, the chop, chop yeah. But not yeah. like lined up like he's slapping the butt. They're just kind of on different planes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not particularly well made. It's not artful <laughs> or anything like that. It is it de- animated There's no and physics looping. involved here yeah. where uh, things are synced. Okay, so how much did you pay for this E-Honda e- butt work? Um, I think I paid, uh, I paid like 60 bucks yeah. of Ethereum and um, then for it. it. And now it's in your wallet and your MetaMask. Yeah, but I can't open my MetaMask wallet because I forgot my password. (laughs) See, when I started to project the future of this, the first (laughs) thing I imagined was that somehow this e-Honda NFT was going to like go to like a million dollars. And I was going to be so (laughs) mad that you made more money than me in crypto. But the better ending of the story is that it goes to a million dollars and you've lost your MetaMask password. And you're going around telling the story at parties and people are like, what is the NFT of? And you're like, well, it's a E-Honda. You don't need to like. Have you read all the articles about the missing E-Honda slapping the butt (laughs) NFT that's worth a million dollars? Yeah, that was me. (laughs) Um, I could... I I, I could I think I could open this MetaMask wallet, but yeah, it's, okay. uh, it, we... it was I don't know. You know what? I actually found the whole experience to be fun. You yeah, know, it was cool to buy. Um, the guy who listed it was lift, listing it for five times what I ended up paying for it, and it felt like I was just like going in, you know, just being like, "Yeah, I'll give you twenty percent of whatever you're asking for this," and then immediately he said yes on it. So now I now I own it. Okay, so if I okay, so one of the cool things about NFTs is like 
they all live on OpenSea, this website, which just reads the blockchain. And so you can see all the transactions. You can see the total history. It's like Zillow, kind of. You can see the, the history of, of a property. So if I went and looked at your eHonda, I'd know you paid, what did you say, 0.2 F for it? I think I paid like point, I paid 0.1. Okay, 0.1. So you could very easily relist it. If there was someone who wanted to give you 0.2 F for the eHonda right now, are you interested? Oh, yeah, I would do it. Um, okay. That would give me enough. I think you should list it and see if someone who's listening to the show buys the eHonda. Yeah, yeah. Sign. If our listeners, would you, if, you, if I could ever sign into my MetaMask account and figure out how to relist it on OpenSea, you yeah. know? Because um, that you wanted, if you want to tweet at the previous... show, we'll, we'll 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 post a listing for you. How about that? We I, as post a listing I... on on uh, on we'll, the coin we'll, talk. We'll have it on the coin talk, talk Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, we'll have it on the yeah. coin talk Twitter. We'll post a listing. It's going to be double the price. It's previously owned by JK. <laughs> you see this a lot. I buy like used synthesizers on Reverb.com, and it'll be like <laughs> this guitar was owned by Matt from Suicidal Tendencies from '98 <laughs> to '04. Um, this is a J Kang e Honda previously owned by J Kang, uh, for a mere point two F, but I have more good news for okay. people who listen to this show who are interested in NFTs, which is I made some NFTs myself. I pressed, I minted an NFT. It uh -huh. is a coin talk loyalty card. Oh yeah. I have it, one of those. Too. It you shows me you two of them as a loyal listener of coin talk the first five people who dm at coin talk show a wallet address i will send you a extremely rare coin talk loyalty card there's only 20 in existence jay has two ledger status has one another close friend has one and i have all of the rest of them I would say conservatively, these could be worth a million dollars. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually think that if we, like, how do we actually, first of all, my first question was, it was it difficult to, uh, was it difficult to, to do this? Oh, by the it, way, Aaron, I just signed into my MetaMask. I figured yes. it out. Wait, can you and, screen share your screen so I can see the, see Ehonda slap that butt again? I don't know how to do that. How do you do that? <laughs> you can do that in Zoom. Share screen. Oh, it doesn't allow it. Okay. You disabled it. Because okay, it's so unique. They're like, dude, don't show that Honda. He might screenshot it and press it again. <laughs> I paid I paid 0 0.05 ETH for it. Oh, okay. So we should we should So are you willing to let it go for one ETH or are you gonna still hold out for the 0.2 ETH? I think I want 0.2 ETH. Wow. So you're trying to go 4X on this. I'm e trying to go 4X on it. And you I'm looking at it right now, and it is an amazing image. I'm very happy that I bought this. So thing. you're saying that the Kang bump here, like the Elon Musk tweeting about GameStop was worth like a quarter of the money needed to squeeze that short. You're saying yeah. that the Kang bump on an NFT is just an immediate 4X. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the original Bitcoin podcasters, you know, um, of, a, of a vintage Bitcoin show. If you want to get something that was owned on the blockchain with a signature, I'll even I'll even email you a photo of myself with the screen next to me with a thumbs up just to prove <laughs> that, I, that it used to be me. OK, so if this works and you know that you've got that 4X touch, you would then have to start buying more NFTs. Because you would know you're playing with house money. 
You'd yeah. you'd be getting guile. You'd be getting Blanca. <laughs> Blanca headbutting a butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ken throwing Ken throwing fireballs into a butt. Yeah. To, there's Sonic like Sonic boom into a yeah, butt. I, yeah. All of this would work for me. Yoga flame. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yoga flame. Yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one I want. I want the exact same NFT as you, except it's yoga flame. Does yoga this flame. exist? Torching a butt. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm personally uh very excited about uh about where all of this is going i think we got to make more nfts so i will say a few things about my experience the gas cost is very high right yeah now. that's the other, i paid 16 dollars in gas prices <laughs> <laughs> just to buy this stupid thing wait another thing i want to talk about is um what is going to happen when we live in the like f maximalist future and not like me and you spent like $2 million in fees pressing NFTs and like just the purchase price of that e-Honda is like a million dollars. How are you going to feel about this kind of that behavior then? Well, okay. How much did it cost you to make the Cointuck NFT? Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So an NFT is a uh, ERC-721. That's like it's... Uh, Ethereum nomenclature. And it also has to live in a grouping. So like when you look in your wallet and it says like rareable, that's telling you that it's part of the rareable mm -hmm. grouping. So if you want okay, to just mine is, press Mine one, says rareable on it. Yep. Okay. That means it was made on rareable. And it means that the person who pressed it doesn't really have their own foundry. So if you spend a lot of F and make a foundry, and that's, I think, an ERC 1155, then you can issue basically like white label NFTs under your own label. <laughs> Otherwise, you're putting them out under the rareable label. So you've got a rareable one and the coin talk ones are rareable ones. But if we were doing this for real, we would we would make an ERC 1155 that was like coin talk editions, y'all. It would look like a street, like a like yeah. a skatewear brand or something. Um, and we would be dropping like NFTs like crazy. But and and even when you look in some of the guides, they're like, to make your own brand costs like $40. And now it's like $700 in smart contracts because Ethereum and gas are so expensive and the network is so congested. Okay, but that's my question about this Riot stuff, right? Yeah. Which is like, are people going to buy skins in Fortnite and have to pay like 80% of the cost in, in gas? My understanding is that Ethereum is going to be upgraded sometime over the next year. In fact, I I've never that... heard that before. I've never heard of <laughs> Ethereum 2.0 or Ethereum 3.0. I've never heard of this James, before. I've James, never heard. Oh, it'll James, scale now. James, if you're listening, can you make a supercut of me saying within one year, Ethereum? <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me, let me take, let me, re, let me rephrase that. There is an upgrade coming to Ethereum. I don't know that it's going to solve the problem. It will lower gas fees. The reason gas fees are really high right now is that people are actually using DeFi. There's more activity on the Ethereum chain than there is on the Bitcoin chain right now. I'm going to get some really mad maximalists. After we gave a whole season of props to the maximalists, now that we've switched to Ethereum maximalism, we're going to oh, yeah. catch some yeah. flack. But so... In some ways, it's a good thing. I mean, it makes it really expensive to do an e-Honda slapping a butt NFT. But is that necessarily a bad thing? Like, in some ways, like, it limits how many people are going to make these, which kind of helps give them some value. Um, 
Also, it's going to get cheaper. Also, I've seen some implementations, like I've become really interested in these uh, DAOs, digitally autonomous organizations, which are like companies you can run on the blockchain. And of course, the fees are a big problem there. They've taken that other currency, DAI, which is the sort mm -hmm. of stable coin that's backed from Maker. And they have a, a chain called XDAI that basically is interoperable with um, Ethereum, but you know, a die is one dollar and an Ethereum is fourteen hundred dollars. So transactions are one fourteen hundredth the price. Um, a lot of these things can be moved around different Ethereum-based chains for efficiency. I mean, uh, I should also say that like if you want to make an NFT and you don't have the cash to press it on Ethereum, there's like a wax blockchain that you can basically print it for pennies. I mean, I would say anything of future value is probably going to be pressed on the Ethereum blockchain, but there's ways to experiment without like burning a huge amount of gas. Should we try and buy one of these NBA highlights and talk about it for the next reunion? Yeah, like well, how how low can we how 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 high do we have to go? I don't know because the website's not working, <laughs> but I'm going to look into it because okay, you okay. can buy packs. So it's yeah. like baseball card or yeah, like basketball. Yeah, yeah. There's cards, a gamble. There's multiple and you can get lucky. Parts. Yeah. So the speculators are buying cards that they think will go up. Other people are just buying packs. And then if they get good cards, the speculators buy them from them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing that at all. I just don't. Know okay. The so marketplace let's all. talk about the market a little bit. I, the basic yeah. idea is if there's someone who you think is undervalued, who's a rookie right now, who's going to go up, who, who would that be in your mind? Or you uh, could go for a blue chipper and say like, I think that blue chipper is going to win rookie of the year. And that's going to be a big boost. Um, I don't know because I don't know I, if it really is centered around rookie cards, like other baseball, like other baseball and basketball cards, then that would be one thing. But yeah, it's it seems like there's just also I don't know, like Tyler Hero. I mean, this stuff is so expensive. Like I don't know how much. <laughs> oh, and then they have common tier, rare tier, and legendary tier. So that yeah. is much like gaming skins, right? Like we're and it's also like basketball cards it. are like that now. It's yeah. like there's and like, they have sets too. So this is this is basically just set up exactly like. It's funny um, you see it at first and you're like, "What is this bullshit?" People are buying videos and you're like, "Oh, these are sports cards and there's rare, epic, and bot tiers." And they're this much. Okay, so here's where I'm coming into the market. Like, okay. all you need is to understand that it has a format and supply like that. And you've been in a market like that before. It's basically. So, Aaron, there's basketball. a Draymond Green full Ooh. court pass to James Wiseman Ooh. on sale right now for $5. <laughs> I will say, I will say that I think Draymond is probably undervalued right now. He's catching a lot of flack. He could pop, like, if, if Clay comes back and the Warriors make a run at the title next year. I think of first year of circulation, Draymond with Wiseman, Wiseman potential rookie of the year. Because well, Wiseman, Wiseman's going to get a lot out, of... So you can't even get packs right now. We, uh, but we can get Draymond and Wiseman for five? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, like, just get it. Just get it. It's going to look okay. so nice next to the e It's going to take me two hours to figure out how to actually... <laughs> I mean, it's oh, going to wow, cost some of them, like, five dollars guys are pretty cheap. Some gas. of this stuff is pretty cheap, like Jarrett Culver... Marcus Smart, you can buy a two dollar one. I might do that. I love Marcus Smart, um, but uh, I don't really see much upside in Draymond at this point. But that's um, uh, that's what everyone's saying. That's why I'm saying there is upside in Draymond. <laughs> plus, on, plus, Wa Wiseman could win Rookie of the Year, couldn't he? He's getting a lot of run. Um, 
No, I don't think so. But he could be end up. Be, but it's a Draymond card, even if. Uh, so does that matter? Wiseman card. How much do we need to get a Wiseman card? Um, I'm looking. Except the website's not really working. Okay, James Wiseman. That's another problem with running on the Ethereum network. Three hundred and ten dollars. Really There's one on the marketplace right now. See, so yeah, that and, to me, that's the money maker. And it's a James Wiseman dunk. It's not a particularly great dunk. <laughs> But it's a dunk. $310 is the lowest price. The highest price that you can pay for this is $100,000. Um, I don't know. Do you want to buy a $300 James Wiseman? Why don't we dip our toes in with the Draymond? And then we can discuss going in on, on some of the other ones. I mean, I do think these will do well. Like the fact that you can get Wiseman for $300 if you told me that next year that's going for $3,000, it doesn't like blow my mind. What what do they tell you what the additions are of? How many? Uh, no. Um okay, we can Cuz that's how Kel- we that's can buy how crypto Linux layup for $41. Hard pass. Okay, we can buy <laughs> We can buy a Oh man. yeah, you're right. Most of the rookies are taken at this point. Let me. Okay, do you want? I, I, this is amazing radio where I'm looking on the internet and you're responding. But like, I do. Do you want to look up Lamelo Ball? I no. I'm sure I don't. Lamelo Ball is is my example of something that is probably at peak market right now that I would be. Sure. If they had a market for shorting the Lamelo Ball card, that's what I would like to do. And that probably is possible with like. DeFi derivatives eventually that you will be able not just be able to short players but be able to short specific cards of theirs all the lamella ones are sold out that's exactly that's exactly the kind of nonsense i'm talking about anthony edwards who was the first pick we can buy for 179 dollars but it's just a layup (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right this is this is this is i gotta say i'm kind of into this too yeah. Just as I, I think I'm gonna buy one of these, Aaron. Just as oh. I bought the Ehan piece of NFT art, I'm gonna buy one of these, and we can talk about it. I want to talk about one more issue about NFTs, which is okay. so you've seen them, and they're like in your wallet, and I actually mm-hmm. think that's pretty cool. Like, have you showed off your Ehan to anyone yet? Oh, to, to at least three people. Okay, yeah. what do they? Oh, what do they think? Uh, they two of them were like, I don't understand this, and one guy who you know, Sam Ferguson, who you. No, from Berkeley. He's like, that's awesome. Let's buy more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So I started to think about, I think the current generation of them is kind of best used to be designed for the wallet, for like the phone-based wallet. But there's other services, like there's one called Async Art that will make like like large kind of like wall size projections that can be, have multiple layers that react to like the price of Bitcoin or react to like what time of day it is, different APIs. And they have a a Apple TV app. So Mm. where do you see this going in terms of like the presentation? Like, like it's kind of like the same thing with like the highlights or whatever. It's like, well, the thing is cool. Like, is it just on your phone? Is it multiple places? Well, okay. So like, remember I went to that, uh, that Bitcoin or that crypto art auction. Yeah, and what they did is they found these very nice screens and they put it on the screens. You know? Yeah, I think so that's, that's the how they present. And then it. it becomes like a piece of art in your house, kind of on yeah, the screen. Yeah, yeah. See, that's oh. now. But then oh I think God. there's going to be another level with like decentraland kind of experiences 
where you have like a virtual house and you're like, yo, come over to my virtual house. And someone comes in and like E-Honda slapping the butt is on the wall of your virtual house. And they're like, oh my God, is that first edition? You're like, yeah, my, <laughs> my friend's got the Dalsim too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's so zion is uh there's it's like sixty nine thousand dollars the amazing thing that's happened in the last 15 minutes is you went from this is stupid to not doing the podcast anymore because you were so <laughs> enraptured <laughs> by the market for highlight videos everything <laughs> yeah. that you say is bad all right well so my point is i'm gonna buy to. one of these Aaron, do you want in half do you want in on half of it um, for sure. I want Draymond okay. though. Okay. We'll buy the Draymond one. All right. And we'll be co-owners of it. I, um, I want to give out some of these loyalty badges. Another thing that you could do is if you want the coin talk loyalty thing, send me any NFT. If you send any NFT to my inbox, I will send back a coin talk loyalty NFT. Potential value one million dollars. Do we really want to make that many of them though, Aaron? In case you know, I made twenty. Start sending them in. I feel like we have to control the. uh, We don't want to make an inflationary currency. It's it's until until I run out of stock. So there's only like sixteen left. If you send me any NFT, I'll (laughs) send you back that until I run out of stock. And my address is lammer l a m m e r dot f. I haven't even talked about how my primary interest in NFTs is these ENS domain names, um, which are .f domains, which are stored on NFTs. If you look in my wallet, which you can now, because I just told you it's address, it's lammer.f, you can see all the NFTs I've collected, including all of those domains. There's some really, really good domains, Jay. Jay, I wanna, one thing I want to point out, I own four NBA teams.f. I've got mavs.f, suns.f, Nets.f. Do you have Nets.f? And one I don't remember. I picked up Nets.f the night Harden got traded to. I bet you could sell those right now for a huge profit, don't you think? I'm hodling. You're hodling. I no, I think I think I can make a light profit now and I hope I can make a killing. I'm gonna pick up two more shortly. If you're listening to the show and you're now looking at other NBA teams and trying to poach them for me when they hit the waiver wire, get out of (laughs) here. No coin talk loyalty badge for you because you're not loyal. Don't try know, to steal I the know, two I NBA know. I teams. I feel like we're giving away all of our trademark and secrets. I'm going to bleep this out. Here. I don't want to give out this much alpha for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. If you come and you try and corner the market on Draymond Green fucking uh, highlights from us, like you're, you get no loyalty card <laughs> either. <laughs> we'll track you through the fucking blockchain. Whoever buys this Draymond Green assisted James Wiseman. You can also send J NFTs. All you have to do is find the E Honda NFT, which we'll link oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And then find you my, can get to yep, Jay's wall from there. This is what's kind of creepy and really interesting about Ethereum is that, like, if you have an NFT that's an addition of 100 and you distribute all 100 of that, there's like a weird mini social network that's everyone who's got this NFT in their wallet. Yeah, I predict weird and interesting things will happen along that line. Like everyone who currently is getting the Cointalk loyalty badge NFT, we could airdrop another NFT right on their domes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, you never what, know what, what is my that NFT going to be though? 
I mean, we only have one to show art, and the way I uploaded it, it came out kind of blurry, but we'll go from there. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It is a little bit blurry. <laughs> oh, man. The show art is great, though. I feel like the show art for our listeners could be const- construed as like a piece of crypto history. I know? would say that our show art is better than 99.99% of NFTs. Like, it's competitive in the NFT market. And it has lots of the things that you expect in the NFT market, uh, like crypto, weird crypto symbols, the moon, gambling. Yeah, Dor- Dorian Nakamoto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what you were originally trying to get for NFTs. Remember, you wanted to get a Dorian Nakamoto NFT, and they were all, oh, you were priced out of that market too. I was priced out of it. The, the Dorian Nakamoto <laughs> Andy Warhol treatment was, uh, I was not, I, I couldn't afford it. Or I, I mean, I, I, let's just put it this way. I did not want to spend that much money on a Dorian Nakamoto NFT. But um, now I'm reconsidering it. I don't know. I think that there were, I think there is something though about, all right, so let's say that the stuff that because it seems like what happened with CryptoKitties is that they're sort of sold now as like history, right? Like they're not, yeah. Like nobody trades them anymore, but it's just like, this is a part of crypto history. I mean, I you think know, people like, do trade them, but like maybe not because of the excitement, because of the value in crypto history. Yeah. Yeah. So NFT, I don't know. Why wouldn't it, you know, why wouldn't it be? I, I think that there's some of it that might be similar. I just, the thing that I don't really understand is how much of it is centered around certain artists, right? So like that guy, what's his name? Meeple or something like that? Meeple. I like, I like how we talked about Meeple in the last episode and you were like, this art is terrible. And then you read the article about like him making $3.5 million. You're like, what's up with this Meeple guy? I was like, we already talked about it. You said his art was terrible. I was like, you're like, well, now I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) We just have to find the next people or we have to use the platform of the show to promote something as the next people right i so mean the guy who made uh I, I, how do i figure out who made the e-honda like slapping the ass uh, <laughs> slapping the ass thing yeah it's weird we haven't even considered the artist in all of this yeah 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 well this is the guy happens. who made this that is why, this is why artists hate collectors what, what what if he's like listening to the show he's like they're not even gonna say my name oh his name is oh it's a no his name is a uh, raptor jesus oh wow pretty great yeah. raptors fan you think or just Rapture no, I, or Raptor? Maybe a, maybe he's a. Uh, oh wow, he has a lot of art here. Um, so what's none of it is as good as uh, as Ihan is slapping this. Butt. Did he do the other Street Fighter Two characters? Not just doing them all is is a mistake. That's what you get with the sixteen dollar gas fees. People don't even press Chun Li or any of the other characters. Who no, Ihan is the only one. Um, the yeah. guy? Some of this stuff is actually kind of good, though, actually. It's, it appears he does a podcast, too, oh, called wow. uh, The Wrecked Podcast. Oh, we've... Wait, that guy does The Wrecked Podcast? Haven't we been on The Wrecked Podcast? I think I've been on The Wrecked Podcast. <laughs> You've been on a lot of crypto <laughs> podcasts. Ledger wait, has, so he's also selling... Uh, he might not definitely... have been on it, but he made something oh, okay. for The Wrecked Podcast. Um, okay. Maybe that's it, but uh, he seems... He should have, come on this I, show. I don't think we're the first ones... To do you make think a, he would do requests? To make a podcast-based NFT, and this one has animations based uh, in it too, Aaron. Like it's a, it's like, a, it's like the the microphone right now is lighting on fire in a way that ours <laughs> is not. If we can get a hold of of what's his name, Raptor Jesus, let's get him. Let's get an interview with him on the show. Okay, I'll message, do a commission. I'll message him. Message him and be like, hey, would you do Dalsim for money? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commission. A commission. commission for yeah, your your brain. first commission. I want I want I want the, the full yoga flame treatment. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. This I think we're gonna have to do a few more shows about this topic because clearly there's some open threads. I still want to talk about DeFi and maybe a different show. I feel like mm. we should get Ledger on the show again and talk about it with him. Because otherwise you just have a bunch of questions and then I try to explain them to you and then people point out that I'm wrong. So Yeah, that's not a good thing. And then I get distracted and start talking to you about Draymond Green investment <laughs> opportunities <laughs> and then read web pages that the listeners can't see out loud on the air, which is, you know, wonderful, of, wonderful of me to do. Let's do a preview of that right now. How are your bags looking right now? Tell me very briefly about your bags. My crypto bags? Your crypt- well, you can talk about all your bags, but it's kind of a crypto show. Yeah. Well, we know um, how your GameStop show Let's see. Went. I bought a bunch of those DeFi coins that you talked about. Those are doing great. You know? Yeah. They're up over 100%, which is amazing, mostly because of AAVE. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I just have a lot of Bitcoin. Not a lot of Bitcoin. I have like a reasonable amount of Bitcoin in various uh, wallets. Mm. And I'm just kind of socking it away. And uh, I don't really look at the price very much. You know, I saw a tweet that said the price of Bitcoin went under 30,000 for a little bit today. And I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not, I'm not really monitoring nothing. it at all. Are you? Like, I, I just like the price doesn't really matter to me at this point. Let me describe the stages of crypto brain disease as it applies to my brain. I have this terrible experience where I make a bunch of money in sh- alt shit coins during the first boom lose it all. Portfolio goes deeply underwater. I claw my way back over years of holding Bitcoin and Ethereum to where I get above water and then am like way, way up on my Bitcoin and Ethereum positions. And I'm obsessed with them. I'm checking them every two minutes for a year, for like three years we're talking about. Then I heard about DeFi, Moved almost all my positions to DeFi, and I have no idea what the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum are anymore. In fact, <laughs> all I want them to do is stay sideways for as long as possible so these DeFi coins can make more money. This is a Christopher Nolan-style loop where I'm just reliving the same experience over and over again of getting of doing really well in Bitcoin and then getting greedy and being like, Oh my God, the returns over there where coins are doubling in one day, get me into that. And I'm just, I feel like on the edge of it all falling apart again. Are you like, so here's my question to you is like, would you be more embarrassed if we lost a whole bunch of money on Draymond Green, Top Shot collectibles than you were about losing a ton of money on Sumo Coin, right? Um, I'm, I think, I, I mean, I will say, I think all this Ethereum stuff is way, way more real now. Does that make it a better bet? I mean, I'm buying all these domains cause I think I can make money doing it, but I'm not like the bulk of my bags are like in DeFi tokens and I actually think they're going to do something. So I'd rather lose the money holding DeFi tokens than like nfts like that's kind of my play on the like nft x i'm just like i'd rather own the like shovels and pickaxes for the nft revolution than the actual nfts unless you show me some edge in nft buying in which case i'm in and i know that you're that alpha jay i know you're the one who's going to show me what nfts are going <laughs> to pop yeah here. yeah i mean for sure. that's what i'm looking for like this guy this guy who runs a rainbow wallet his name's mike something Mm -hmm. He had a tweet this week where he was like, 
three things that are like currently jokes will always have value. And he was like, crypto kitties, crypto punks, and doge. Just because they were like the originals of what yeah. they did. I believe that a lot more things will get added to that list. Currently, I don't quite have the edge to know what they are. So I would rather hold like liquid DeFi tokens in that space than actual NFTs. But the people who are bold and try to understand the NFT market will make thousands and thousands of times multipliers their money, I think, as this stuff goes huge. And it's already happening. Like there's already over a million dollar sales happening. There is a weird kind of fake whale element where like if you look at the biggest Beeple sales, uh, the biggest Beeple sales, they're to like one of the Winklevosses. Like, uh, like real so art, like everything go is... They're goosing the market. The, the market is getting goosed, but you could probably make a lot of money knowing that the market is being goosed. And it's kind of the GameStop thing all over again. Like, if if you play dumb brain here, it's going to go a lot higher than it is now. I, know. I don't know what to do right now about GameStop. I can't... I, like, can't... I feel like it's bad to not be in on it at all, you know? But I'm just so scared, you know? It's like, <laughs> like how, do you, how do you buy options in GameStop right now, you know? And I don't know. I guess a lot of people are, but... Oh, I don't really God, know I don't. how to buy and play traditional markets. Like, I don't really know how to do, like, limit orders very well. And, like, I don't know how to do options. No, I don't either. Well. I still do it, though. So that's another reason I just am, like... Like, I have the most conservative stock portfolio right now. I'm in, like, boglehead, like, whole market index kind of stuff. And in crypto, I'm like, well, I know how to trade on a DEX. And <laughs> that's one of my, you know, one of the reasons that I might have a tiny bit of edge in this is just that I know how to do it. It's the same yeah. thing we've been saying about crypto all the time, which is like, there's money to be made when you're doing things that are kind of like weird and hard. And I'm seeing right now in Ethereum stuff getting easier. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of people coming in. If they're going to be able to solve the gas congestion problem, I think that's probably for another show. I'd love to get some like uh, an opposing opinion on here to really explain gas and like these network fees and how they could really go down because I don't really understand it. But I did read that there's basically a proposal within Ethereum, it's EIP something that would drastically reduce gas costs and it's ready to go, but they're waiting to put it into the next really big update. And that's super controversial because suckers like us are burning future millions of dollars in gas while we wait for it. Yeah, I'll see it when I believe it. Or I'll believe it when I see it. I'll put it that way. I'm not sure if uh, there's been a lot of stuff about this. It would be great if this was, you know, it would make everything way more liquid, I think. But um, I don't know. I think that uh, that. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, what do you what do you predict the gas price will be for buying this five dollar Draymond Green assist? Twenty five to thirty dollars. Yeah, that's what I think. Too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. Fuck it. You know. Um, all right. Aaron, Jay, anything this else is, here? This has been uh, this has been a joy. Yeah. And um, let's do I'm going to buy this Draymond card and okay. then let's do an episode about the Draymond card. Excellent. Should we? I guess we have to try and sell it, right? Well, let's before you sell. I, I are you just trying to get out of having to sell your e Honda card because you actually no no. Want wait, to keep I will it? sell the e Honda card right now. What, what did I say the price was? Point two point four four x no point two point two. It's a four x four x. Yeah, yeah. All I right. will I will sell it. For All right, pick up Jay's e Honda, and if that works, we'll put Draymond for sale next episode. <laughs> yeah, the Draymond is All right. Cool. All right. Later, Jay. <laughs> That was Coin Talk. 
I'm Aaron Lammer. My co-host is Jay Kang. I don't know. We might set up some kind of a Patreon or something if it will lure Jay Kang back to the show. But in the meantime, you can go to tippin.me slash point talk show or at point talk show. I don't really remember. Try to send us a tip. Also, you can send me an NFT to lammer.f. I'll send you back the coin talk loyalty badge. If you don't have an NFT to send, that's okay. Just DM us at coin talk show and send an F wallet address. We'll be back next week, maybe. 